Welcome back to the LifePurpose.com podcast. The number one podcast in the entire cosmos for empowering and inspiring you to live your life's purpose. My name is Hema Allman. And I'm Gabriel Sarah. And today's podcast is about remembering your childhood gifts to manifest your life's purpose. Podcast episode seven. Thank you, God. Thank you, Great I Am. Thank you, Mother Cacao. Thank you, Rose. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Hema. Thank you, Incense. Thank you, Home. Thank you, Mother Earth. Thank you, Mother Gaia. Thank you to the Divine Feminine Energies and the Divine Masculine Energies in Sacred Union. Thank you for this ceremony to fill our cups, to fill our vessel, to nourish ourselves, to nurture ourselves, and to take care and love our bodies, our minds, and our spirit, to expand our hearts to more love and more of our true essence. Thank you so much, Great I Am Presence, God, Mother Earth, for sharing your wisdom and everything that wants to be shared today in, through, and around us for the greatest and highest good of um, our people for, for lifepurpose.com and whoever you're guiding to us, just speaking from the heart, letting it flow and being the most authentic versions that we can be, fully centered, fully grounded in, in, in our own presence, in our own consciousness, in our own energy, activating our own medicine, sharpening our voice, our mind, our energy, so that it may be for the purest divine information and messages to stream forth clearly with so much grace and ease and joy. Thank you. Thank you for filling every cell of my body with divine well-being, with divine nourishment, with your sacred richness. Thank you, San Pedro. Thank you, Mother Cacao. Hey, by the way, I know you're listening to this podcast because you know you have a big purpose, but you may need support fulfilling what you came here to do. That's why we invite you to join the lifepurpose.com support community. Just click on the link in the description or go to lifepurpose.com to check it out. And now back to the episode. I was watching a video yesterday, a short one, two girls probably in their early 20s. They were interviewed in the middle of a street and the question that they were asked was, hey, girls, what do you think your purpose is in life? And they were, they were a bit surprised by the question and there was some silence after the question because they had no idea what to say. And then one of the girls said, I believe it's work. It's what I do for a living and just working. That, that was her first response. And then the other girl, she just said, it's love. For me, it's love. And then the interviewer asked the first girl who said that her purpose was just about working her job. And she was also saying, I have not found any purpose in my life more than just doing what I do every day for a living. I did not think about any bigger purpose than that. And then the other girl said, for me, it's love. And then the interviewer asked the first girl who said her purpose was just about love. He said, would you agree with that? Would you agree that love is also 
part of your purpose. And she was just thinking and staring. And then she said, hmm. It's like, I didn't think about that. I never thought about love being part of my purpose. But yeah, yeah, I think it's love. Well, what if it's both? What if it's doing work that you absolutely love to do? I know that you have a certain belief about the term or the word work. But for some people, they can absolutely love the work that they do. I just prefer the word creation and purpose over work. Well, I think the way that I see it is that you can have your purpose, but you have to obviously work on your purpose. Just like you have to work on your body, just like you have to work on your mind. It's, it is work. It is a form of action. For me, at least, what I've come to understand is that work can be an act of doing something both that you enjoy and for a source of income. It's great, I'm sure, if you can always enjoy and love every single minute of it, but that has not ever been the case for me. There have been some points where I just I have to push through it, and that is the work for me. Whether I'm tired or whether I'm feeling rushed or whether I'm just not motivated, that is the work. But I'm still doing something that I enjoy at the end of the day, but it just sometimes feels like work. Sometimes it feels like I have to just get this done and do this in order to finish whatever I the work it is that I have to do. You say you saw this interview on YouTube? I saw it on Martin's feed. Okay. It's interesting that you brought that up because just before we were going to record today's podcast, I was thinking about what are we going to talk about today? And while we were making our intentions for the cacao ceremony and we hit record... The thought came to me, you guys have been talking about traumas, but you also, there's obviously going to come a stage where you're going to talk about the business aspect of it, right? And we can talk about even the process of putting together this startup that we just started, Mama Shop, and the process of that from receiving the vision or the idea for it to registering the business, creating the website, creating the product, determining the cost of goods, the markup. These are all aspects of it, you know? And I'm sure that if someone is like, even if they have one business, but they're not happy, but it's just a, it's like a really good stream of income business, is that really their purpose? Getting back to the interview with the first girl, she said her purpose was about work. Is that fulfilling? Is that something that she absolutely loves to do? On the other hand, the girl doing what she loves, well, if she is doing things that she loves without a means to generate a source of income, could she, is she potentially missing out on an opportunity where she could be doing that thing that she loves to do all the time instead of part-time? How do you take something that you love how to do, that you love doing, and turn that into a form of work where you can combine, where you can make your play your work. Like imagine your full-time job is to play. You get paid for that. It's about, it is about art and it's about expressing your gift as art. And I'm thinking right now about the girl. You introduced me to her. She was on Oprah with her paintings. Oh, the little, the young girl that can draw? Yes. From the time she was a kid? Right, and she draws these heavenly pictures. Because she received, <clears throat> she was given that gift exactly. from God. Exactly. 
she could even take that to the next level and do NFTs if she was really motivated to do this. And another person that pops up is Alicia Keys. I was reading part of her biography and she started playing the piano from when, from when she was really little. So I believe a lot about our gifts and our talents and our purpose is already expressed when we were kids. So let me ask you, what if you can recall back to your childhood, what were some things that you were doing as a kid that may have revealed itself to you that is and it, that's part of your purpose? Is it, is it is it true for you? There are a few things that come up. I loved always to enjoy and to spend my time in nature, just being in nature, having my seat on the ground and going for walks and going on the mountains, going for hikes. I enjoy being creative, cooking with my mother, baking cookies with my mother, and drawing. One of my first drawings were dolphins and mermaids. And I know for sure that's because of my past lifetime that I had on this planet in Atlantis. And these are just some things that come up for me. But also being uh, very active in terms of uh, exercising my body. And that was the part I was doing with my father. Like he challenged me to be active and to climb trees and to do stuff that other children were probably afraid of. Oh, there we go. Mm. There we go. Yeah, I think for me it was leaping into areas where other children were scared to go. Mm. And, oh, yeah, that resonates a lot right now. 100%. And it's, what also comes up, it's the bravery to walk new paths and to also embrace the masculine energy of myself from when I was already very little. And I had, like, I would say I had an incredible father who really supported me in terms of he allowed me to do things where my mother would have freaked out. Another thing that comes up, I would say I was always the one that took initiative and that was like a leader to the children around me. And I was encouraging my fellow friends in kindergarten to try something new and to dare something. I have a memory right now. I was invited to a friend's birthday and I was probably six years young and they had a big swimming pool. And it was seven girls at the birthday party. And we were standing at the edge of the swimming pool with our bikinis on. And every single girl was scared to jump into the pool. We were like standing at the edge for 10 minutes and no one jumped into the pool. They were all scared. And I remember me being the initiator and encouraging everyone to finally make the jump. And I still have pictures in my photo album of that birthday party. And then because I did it, everyone jumped. I jumped at the same time. Now, how, how do you see, how can you connect what, what you were doing as a kid to now? What kind, like how, how did what you just said relate to right now? And that contributing to your purpose? Like Alicia Keys, like you said, she was playing the piano when she was a kid. And now... We can see the result of that. Yeah. How did these things that you were doing as a kid play pay off now? 
I was using my voice to empower and encourage others to take a leap of faith and to try something new and to step into their fears. I'm getting revelations while I speak here. That's very interesting. And I'm also getting, I'm also remembering more about my purpose as well while I'm contemplating about this and my childhood. Very interesting. Like just what we're doing with lifepurpose.com. I'm using my voice to do what? To empower the listener, whoever is willing to receive, to try something new, to leap into the unknown, to be courageous, to be brave, and to just make the first step. I just do it. And I believe my, my skills that I grew up with and that I was supported in developing, especially from my father's side, is confidence, believing in myself, and being very brave. So would you say that like your childhood reveals your purpose? But can we can we can we make that as a as a claim perhaps? Yes. I believe the way like just looking back and bringing yourself back into your childhood, what memories come up? Like how were you like? And what are some memories that you do recall? Positive memories, empowering memories, memories where you felt good about yourself. And what can you extract from these memories about your strengths? And your strength is part of your purpose, right? Your strength is part of your gift. And my strength, now thinking back about these memories, were about encouraging others to be brave, to be confident. And this trait has developed significantly over the years, up to this point now, where I was encouraging little girls to make a plunge into the pool when I was six. And I mean, we have a global platform which can reach potentially anyone all over the planet. As I hear you speak, I think about my childhood and I think, I think there is actually some truth to this when I think about this, because for me, I don't know how you want to see this as if this is good or bad, but my earliest memories I can remember, what can I remember? Playing lots of video games by myself. Being in isolation a lot and playing video games by myself a lot. And obviously we had the drawing. I was doing drawing until I had that uncle that laughed at me and then I wouldn't touch drawing again for like another 20 something years. But I remember a lot of the time it was being to myself, playing video games, and then whenever I would play video games with friends and we would like talk about like things, one of the friends at the time that I had, he said something about like, man, you have such a strong imagination. Like you, you can just think of anything. Like you could just imagine anything. And I can see now how that was a gift and a superpower because when it comes to what we're working on, I've been the one mainly like receiving the vision, like the visionary, the visionary for a lot of things. And I could also say too that the me playing the video games, how that's translated into where I am now, it's translated into me trading very well, like very, very well actually. Using, using the technology, using the computer, right? Right. Using the technology, using the computer, but also like knowing how to how a game is played, you know, 
like because I played so many different games, I had to like I learned how a game should be played in like the first few minutes of playing it. And so for every game that you play, there's obviously a different speed to the game. There's a different feel or a vibe to the game. Like you can tell, like I could tell, like if there would be a game that I would like just by like looking at the the characters or something like that, you know? And then when it came to trading, like I could see like, oh, this is an interesting game because... You see it as a game, the trading. Yeah, it's a good game because you got you, the character, playing the game Right, as Gabriel Sarah or her Muhammad, like in real life playing the game. But then you have the bad guy, which is the institutions or the markets that are trying to take you out of the trade. They're trying to kill you, basically. Right? They're trying to take your money. So when I think about it in that context, I think to myself, like, all right, like Super Mario. Like, obviously, you've got to dodge the fire whenever Bowser throws, like, spits out a fireball at you. You've got to jump or you've got to duck to dodge that fire. And then you make your move. Then you attack. So it's, like, the same thing with trading where I've got to be mindful of, you know, when the when prices drop exponentially or when there's, like, these uh, stop hunts or liquidity grabs, I've got to look at the patterns and I've got to look at where the traps are so that I could avoid the traps as much as possible and then make my move and attack. I even remember times where when I was younger too, I was playing one of my favorite games was uh, Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy VII to be exact. And I remember too, like I always used to love leveling up and getting the characters stronger and buying them the best weapons. And I always used to like doing the fighting stuff because after the fight, you win a prize. And obviously the prize is money. And then the prize is like a little items that you can use for your characters. So I used to really enjoy that aspect of it. And even with trading now, that is definitely something that I, that's how I psychologically treat it is like where the characters were on this mission but we need money, so I need to fight. And where I fight, quote-unquote, is on the trading desk. So I have to trade, get the money, get the prize, and use that to level up our characters mm-hmm. to get to the next level of the game. And then we fight. To the highest level, right? Wow. So when you were younger and you were playing the video games, were you more on the winning side or on the losing side? Oh, I was, I was, any game that I played, I won. I remember, I remember one time where, like, there was a Aladdin for, for Super Nintendo. And there was this one part of the game where it felt like, it felt like the game somehow knew when I was going to press the button to jump. And I think it was, like, the scene where Aladdin was stuck in a well or something like that. And he had to jump up these steps, but these steps were not secure so they kept on in the game it kept on like going back in and out like sliding in and out so if you jump from one set of stairs to the other and you don't time it right the thing the the platform slides back and then you jump down and you die basically you have to start all over again now of course there's been every single game that i played i would die right and then you have to start over so like, that part is frustrating about playing a game. But 
I remember those parts and I remember that part in Aladdin specifically where in this part of Aladdin, I had to go through this particular stage like dying like 50 times or so before I finally made it through that level. So that was frustrating, but I can absolutely see what you're saying about purpose and how the things that we were doing as kids supported us support us into our adulthood. It's like our childhood is preparing us for our adulthood in a sense. And they, they can reveal a lot about your your journey and your purpose. You know, you as well, like, you know, we're in a stage right now where we're starting up this company. Like how like how great is it that if I think about it, I went to college and I learned all these concepts about business even though you don't obviously you do not need to go to college to learn business that that I think is a um is an illusion for sure you the best way to learn business is by running a business and building a business right but how great is it that I went to school to learn these concepts and you had your own experiences so that you didn't have to waste that time learning what it takes to build a business. You're building a business now without having to go to college and get a four-year degree or a piece of paper that says you're now qualified to run a business and you're doing it and you can take your skill sets and your gifts and you can now give that and then I can work on the business side of things and we can work together and tandem as a team. But we would not have gotten there had we had we not had our own individual unique experiences before coming together and teaming up on this on to start this company, to start lifepurpose.com. What if our childhood has to happen the way that it happens so that it doesn't leave clues for us, for us to look back and to reflect so that when we are adults, we can have that moment of, wait, why am I here? What is my life's purpose? What if we already know what we're supposed to do when we're kids, but we get conditioned to to be confused? Like, how is it possible that a dog is born and then a dog has a very specific role? A bee. A bee has a very specific role or performs a very specific action. A bear performs a very specific action. Nature performs very specific actions. You mean to tell me that humans are not capable of performing very specific actions? Like having the cones already? Like if you think about our DNA and how exactly perfect it has to be to produce a human, and there's so much perfection in the human body, in the human spirit, in the human mind, I would only imagine that it is already somewhere within us to have our purpose and that our childhood may be just revealing what that is, but it's up to us then when we're adults to decide for ourselves. Yes. Are you going to nurture your talents and your gifts from the time that you're a child? Or are you going to just let it be and do something else? I think all roads lead back to the purpose because someone can be working a job but be absolutely unfulfilled. Like, there could be jobs that someone takes that because just because it's high paying, they take it. You know, like, I I remember going to school with a whole bunch of people that were studying a specific degree because it, it quote-unquote, made money. I don't know how many people that studied engineering, for example, actually had the passion to be an engineer. 
and I remember also that the people that were majoring in engineering were talking about if I just do 10 years, I can retire in X, Y, and Z or 20 years or whatever. They're already talking about retirement. I don't know. I don't think that, that would be the way. And if you're going to put that much work into something that you're unhappy with, everything is going to be hard. Everything is going to be difficult. Everything is going to be a challenge. There's always going to be some space that you're entering into where it may not necessarily be the easiest. But what sets, what's going to keep you there in any space and have you thrive is your passion and your commitment. And your zone of genius and expanding in that and growing that that's like your seed and when you nourish that seed it can just grow massively and bear a lot of fruit blessed i think are the people that are growing up today because they can hear this message and from an early age they can ask themselves the question like what's my purpose very certain that there are 10 11 12 year olds that could hear this message right now and have a massive head start, massive head start from us. You know, like growing up, there was never, not once, did I hear the term life purpose, not one time. And again, it was either, you know, get by, go on autopilot and try to get by with life or go to school and follow that rabbit hole. There is this one, um mainstream role that a lot of people just follow it's like a, a beat out path and everyone just believes that's the only way there are infinite paths and infinite ways to live to live a blessed and abundant life you just have to be brave to walk a path that no one has walked before what i'm seeing from the outer world is that especially from social media and different websites and the internet is that that is becoming more of a reality where people are finding something that they are able to communicate on or express and make that into a blog, into a high performing blog or make that into a YouTube channel. Like there's, there's many people that are embracing that now. But what I'm also seeing as well is that there are people that are doing that as maybe a hobby, hoping that it will become a purpose, or maybe hoping that it will become a source of income. And then there are people that are already doing that as a source of income, but it may not necessarily be their purpose. It's really ironic, you know, but obviously there's people that that's exactly what they're doing. They're combining their work and what they love, and it's paying off for them. And I think that the key to that is, like you said, discover what the passion is, discover what the topic is, what the theme is, that you could absorb yourself in, that you can potentially get lost in. Like, I think for us, from what I've observed, talking about purpose and how do you turn this into a business? How do we help people figure out their purpose? How do we help people overcome their traumas? That's what we do. 
you know, for someone else, it can be cooking. For someone else, it can be drawing, dancing. It can be a form of art or entertainment or therapy or healing or dealing with nature, dealing with animals. It could be anything, making products, designing, labeling, anything. But the key is to know what that what that love is for that work and to commit to that work so that it can become something that they can do for the long term. And I think one of the, for me at least, I've had times where fortunately or unfortunately enough, I've never worked a actual full-time job. I have only really worked part-time jobs because my full-time job was always working on how to build a business. It was always reading or getting information. And that was always my full time. You know, like when some people, some friends were out in their 20s partying on the weekends or hanging out on the weekends, I was reading like Think and Grow Rich or Rich Dad, Poor Dad or just doing whatever I could to learn, build websites, break things, figure things out, make mistakes. And... Now, unfortunately enough, we're at a stage where we can provide a lot of that guidance to, as way showers, to a, a different crowd, to another crowd of people that may not know what's even the first step. And that, I think, is invaluable. Because, like I said, growing up, that was never a topic. That was never anything to be embraced. Hey, what's your purpose? Do you know what your purpose is? Never was that a conversation. And I think at this day and age, that, that needs to be conversation number one. Like, what would make you happy? Okay, question for you. Let's say, because obviously we're in the age now where we have podcasts and social media and everything, and there could be a 10-year-old right now listening to this, and they're, they want to take that step, and they want to be ahead of the game. What is step number one for that 10-year-old to look at for their purpose and to take that first step? Don't ask yourself, who do I choose to be when I grow up? Or who do I want to be when I grow up? But ask yourself, who do I want to be now? What do I want to create now? To the 40-year-old man or woman that has become successful, quote-unquote, according to the Western world standards and has a, a career already, but it is unhappy or is feeling lost in life and feeling like, you know, a third of their life is gone and they feel like something is missing and they're asking themselves the question, what's their purpose? What would you tell them? Connect back to your creative side of you, to your creative expression and bring that back to life. I would say looking back at this conversation today, Maybe making even a list of someone's childhood experiences is a good place to start. Yeah, like what was standing out for, like, which experiences were repeating themselves in your childhood? For you, Gabriel, it was playing the video games and um, using your fantasy a lot. Also the painting and the drawing, right? So that stood out. For an Alicia Keys, it was just playing with the piano and using her voice, her music. So what was that for you? Was there something, pattern, an activity that you could get lost in? And um, that was a form of sometimes maybe escape for you? 
but also something that gave you a sense of happiness and joy, something where time would just stand still for you. What was that? And I would also say connect back to that and ask yourself, how can you bring that back into this here and now in your present moment? And how does it make you feel when you start doing something again now, no matter how old you are? Do something that you enjoyed doing as a, as a kid. Experiment with that and see how it makes you feel and see which new doors it may open for you. Perhaps it does give you more clarity on which steps to take next and your purpose. Another memory that I have about my childhood is for some years, I always wanted to be a radio speaker and I was visualizing myself having this office where I could just speak and people would tune into the radio station and listen to my voice. <laughs> but back then, I don't even know if we had phones, but there was the radio. That's what I knew. We had the radio and I was listening to the radio every morning and I was fascinated by that. And I visualized myself having an a radio office with a microphone and people would just turn on the radio and they would hear me speak. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see how now that comes into fruition? Yes. So it's like, it's like the higher self is giving us these clues from the early age. That's a good point. Mm. And now it's up to us to put it together like a puzzle. That mm. question to you, you said you enjoy drawing and painting when you were young. But then your uncle ridiculed you and that blocked your creative expression for 20 years. And then it was only one or two years ago where you started to embrace that creative expression again and started to draw again and get over, get over yourself and these perhaps shame or guilt that you felt around it because of a negative comment in your childhood. What happened to you internally and externally when you started to reconnect to a creative gift which you had as a child but then you abandoned it for such a long time like what happened to you and like is there a message that you can share with people maybe there are a lot of people out there just like you were they had a creative spark something that they absolutely enjoyed doing but then someone just made a negative comment or they were ridiculed um, or whatever happened and it made them stop create. Um, it made them stop expressing themselves creatively. And what could you share with them? Should they start embracing and reconnecting to that gift now again in their adulthood? What I can say is that as I started drawing, I treated I treated drawing like a habit. And I knew that if I wanted to get better at it, I would have to do this every single day. So I finally got over it. I finally got over that block. And I started drawing again for my own self-expression last year to heal from that experience, to heal from that trauma. To make this very clear, I had also been using Adobe Photoshop in my college years to make fly gears and banners for events when I was in a fraternity, but I wouldn't necessarily say that that counted. It wasn't drawing or creating art. It was more like marketing stuff. So when I 
had finally started doing this again last year and I started to do digital drawing to help heal from that experience and to move beyond that, I was at first very disappointed. I was embarrassed. I was at first feeling overwhelmed because it had been so long that I was not drawing for it, like 20 years that I had a lot of doubts. But what kept me going with it surprisingly was my experiences learning German and how at first I was god awful at speaking German and understanding German. But then at some point, because I kept doing it consistently, my brain adapted. And then I could speak very little. And then it was better than nothing. And then I kept going. And then it was better than it was a few months ago. So applying that to drawing, I knew, man, my drawing was not so good. Especially digital drawing. It was, like, not good at all. But I treated it like a habit. And then what it did for me was it, after some time, showed me that I could do it. And as, even after just a few weeks of doing this every single day, just one drawing, just picking something out on Google or doing a tutorial from YouTube, it was, it became fun. It became something to look forward to. And then after a while, I had built up a few dozen drawings and that gave me confidence and that made me see that this whole experience of of not drawing was my choice and it was my decision and my conscious awareness whether or not I chose to continue drawing again or not at some point I stopped again because for me like although it is great that I could draw again it's also great that I don't draw for a living because that doesn't feel like that's my path. That doesn't feel like that's my purpose, which is fantastic. But it was enjoyable to do that. And it's also been helpful now at this stage to do that because ironically enough, we needed to do some design work for our cacao company, right? So that is how that kind of plays in and supported the purpose, supported drawing, supported, etc. All the images on the website on Mama's shop, I drew it by hand. So it's it's nice then to see that like wow, this this gift or this skill or this something that I can do. I mean I may not be the best drawer, I may not be a Picasso, but it's good enough and it articulates the point and it has a good look to it and that's all that matters to me. So I would say that if anyone has suppressed a gift because of a trauma especially to first like become at peace with that trauma whether or not it's going to a therapist whether or not it's hiring a coach or taking psychedelics or whatever the case is i take psychedelics it has done wonders for me maybe it is helpful for someone else i know that there's been some negative stigmas around this but I mean, the research is coming out now how life-changing and beneficial it is and how beneficial it can be. But I would say find some way of addressing that trauma. That's the first step. 
the trauma around your creative expression or a gift that you had as a child, but then you abandoned it. Correct. 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 Obviously, there's a reason why you you may not be doing that thing that you love to do whether whether someone implanted the idea in your head oh that's a waste of time because it's not going to make you money or whether someone laughed at you and ridiculed you or whatever the story was or perhaps you feared your gift or you feared your gift or you feared being seen or you feared being acknowledged and embraced and praised we all have our own stories it doesn't matter what the story is what matters is we address the trauma from the experience of not expressing our gifts to our fullest potential. Once you've done that, the first step is to take the first step, right? Or the, the first step in, in doing the drawing or doing whatever the creative expression is, that's the, that's, that's the next thing. Reclaim. How, reclaim your power. Reclaim your, your gift. gift. And the only way that you reclaim your gift is by expressing the gift, right? So if you love to dance... But someone, yeah, this is not a memory. It was sixth grade graduation, and there was a, you know, like how there's like a dance or something like that. Like I usually like a prom night, something like this. But there was a prom day for sixth grade. I think I told you this yeah. story, where a girl had asked me to dance. I couldn't dance, and. Uh, we were out on the dance floor. I was moving very awkwardly. She got frustrated. She gave up. She left. She left me there standing. And while we were at sixth grade graduation, I didn't know that they had this recorded. So one of the teachers, I know you're you're about to laugh. You want to laugh. But one of the teachers was <laughs> had recorded this. And this was playing to that song, As We Go On. We remember, so there was like a compilation of of the sixth graders or whatever that are graduating, and then they had this part where the it was on camera where the where I couldn't dance, and then the girl left me on the dance floor, you know, sixth grade, and everyone was laughing, like the parents were laughing, the kids were laughing, and that was me, on on the big screen in the movie theater. This was this was right. This was when they had the movie theater, the Commodore movie theater. This was like a few blocks away from where I lived. It was a it was a movie theater that people would go to in that part of Brooklyn, obviously, to go see the movies, right? So all the big screen films. We had our graduation in the Commodore movie theaters where there was a movie theater full of people. It was the big screen. And, and they see you getting rejected by a girl. And they see me getting rejected. So that affected my psychology. Huge. But what I'm saying with that experience, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because, okay, it was never for me to dance. It was never, I never had a passion for dancing. But that absolutely 100% discouraged me from, from dancing. And it was very traumatic. And I... F- and it very much affected me growing up and and embracing women to to dance it affected my confidence huge big time so if you if you had let's say a passion for dancing and then something like that happens and you're a kid and you don't have the emotional maturity or the emotional armor to to handle that that can deter you for sure if you don't have like a strong strong sense of self if you don't have like 
you know, and that takes some time to build up. I don't know. I don't really know many kids that have a strong sense of identity or a strong sense of self or whatever. You know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm fragile or I'm quote unquote a sissy or sensitive. But that was me. And that deterred me, that stopped me, that prevented me, that made me like not want to dance, not want to deal with people. And that is a form of creative self-expression. That is in the form of creative self-expression. So let's say if you wanted to dance, if you had, you know, you're a kid and you wanted to dance, but then someone criticized you and ridiculed you, oh, you can't dance and they're laughing at you because you suck at dancing and then you stop dancing, well, guess what? That's a trauma. So you got to address that trauma and then, well, you address that trauma. Well, what's the next step? Get you some dance classes. Like, do it again, no matter what. Do it again, no matter how, just point blank, no matter how much you may think you suck at it or how much you may suck at it in reality, guess what? You're still better than you were than when you, when you didn't do it. It's important also to say that you're doing it for your own liberation. You're doing it to free yourself and your spirit and to to reclaim an aspect of your soul, something that you enjoy doing. It's not important what anyone thinks. Yeah, what matters is how you feel. That's the big thing. And what it did for me for drawing is that I realized, okay, this is not my path. Like, if I had to do this over and over again and stare at a computer screen for hours a day and draw, I would not be happy. So thank God that didn't work out. Uh, and you see, sometimes it's the best It's the best thing that never happened to us. But sometimes, sometimes it is meant for us to do that. Like sometimes it is meant for us to go back to dancing or to, to be like that comeback story, you know. But if let's say you had that experience with dancing and you are embarrassed or you feel like you suck or you're not good enough, or you have to address that trauma then you have to take action on on dancing. You have to prove, like, there's no other way. You have to prove to yourself, hey, I, I can do this. Maybe you don't want to do this for a source of income. Maybe you just want to do it as a form of entertainment. But that's also purposeful, right? Self-expression. Self-expression is a huge part of purpose because if you, if I had not, for example, if I had not done the drawing, I don't know if I would have perceived trading as a game the same way I did as a kid. You see what I'm saying? So for, for when I started the trading journey, the trading journey was about how much money could I make? And I wasn't connecting the dots. I wasn't treating it like a form of play at that time. And it was only until I started drawing and making that a consistent habit where I would try to do my best to fit that into the day where combining that with also psychedelics like mushrooms and iboga and the hape and the sananga and then working with cambo was i able to somehow neurologically rewire myself uh and in that rewiring of my psychology or my you know my whatever i was mindset my mindset yeah i was able to rewire my mindset in that way right i set the intention i did the affirmations and when i rewired my mindset and I changed the way that I saw trading. I didn't see trading as something to to be uh, pessimistic about. I saw it as a game. But I don't think that that would have been possible had I not done the drawing thing. So if someone's doing the dancing, if the story is a dancing, and someone had a bad experience with dancing, guess what? 
maybe it is your purpose to dance and dance professionally. I don't know, but you got to get back up on that horse. Maybe it's not. And if it's not, maybe that's a form of letting out some energy, you know, because dancing is very physical. Maybe that helps you release some stress. Maybe it helps you express, you know, a trauma. And in that releasing of the energy, maybe that frees up some space in your mindset, in your psychology to maybe get a new idea and something in your mind. Right. Hold on one second. Hey, Grandmama. Mama, come. She's all over there. Stop. Stop. No more. No. Come here. Was she barking at something? Well, but she made you all the way down there. I want her to go take a shit in the yard. Whatever we take. Maybe it's time to take her out. Yes. We're getting her. So, this is very, this is a key, a key message here. It's when, when you reclaim a gift, a form of self-expression from your childhood, it's going to impact every area of your life. It's going to free up space in your, in your energy, in your body, in your mind, and it's going to open new doors for you. Absolutely. Had your dad not given you that experience of exploring and being adventurous, I can see how that also translated over as well to when we traveled. You were, you were a hundred percent just like so ready to go from one place to the other. And I was always nervous and anxious mm. about going to the next place. I'd finally get, I'd finally get comfortable with one place and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to miss this place. And then now to get on a plane and go to the next place was like, it was very intense for me. Like I could feel like my heart racing constantly and like me feeling very hard to breathe in airports, going to security. It was very, very difficult. But then you were just like so relaxed. It got to a point where I started to get relaxed the more that we did it. But at first it was like, man, like I don't want to leave Bali. Oh, I don't want to leave Australia. I was having such a great time in Australia. Like I don't want to leave Australia. Then we go to, we go back to Austria. I don't want to leave Austria. Now we got to go somewhere else, you know? Wow. It makes it makes total sense why it is so important to reclaim your creative expression and to reclaim your creative gifts for your purpose because your purpose is about creation. And when you reclaim your creative expression from your childhood, something that you enjoyed doing, something that you enjoyed creating, but at one point you just stopped out of fear, shame, or guilt. When you now, as a grown-up or as a teenager, when you are able to reclaim that creative expression, wherever you are at in your life, you're healing your creative energy. You're healing your creator energy. And you're going to need that. You're going to need an empowered creative energy in order to create your purpose. It's about the sacral chakra, healing the sacral chakra, the chakra of creation. And you also would need a lot of courage and confidence and discipline to be able to take action on it. You have to have the courage to take the first step. You have to have the confidence that you can do it and to just keep going and to, to have confidence in yourself and have the discipline to make it a habit to be very consistent at it, especially if you want to do it professionally, especially if you see this as a, as a means to support yourself financially. You know, I think that is a very powerful gift. And I, I know that there are so many people that are doing this in this day and age. It's not this, it's not 
it's not 1990, it's not 1980 anymore, you know, we're in a, we're in a completely different line of time where, again, you have to think about this, like, people, there are groups of people, there's a demographic of people that will pay for what your gift is, you know, if you think about even, like, the most simplest setup, if you think about YouTube, creating videos, now, obviously, there's nothing very simple with some of what I've seen on YouTube, some people go and take it to the next level, right, with making videos. But if you have just a smartphone and you're a talking head and, you know, you're into astrology, you can do astrology readings and you can provide a service for that. Or if you like to do current events, you can create a YouTube channel talking about current events and then you can create a Patreon page. And that Patreon page, you do a subscription. You charge people a certain amount of money to have like early access or to leave a tip as a form of thank you. And you keep growing it. You keep getting better at this. You know, the sky is the limit. There's no cap on how many people can subscribe to your to your page or to your membership. Now imagine you have a service or you have an offering, a subscription offering where you're getting paid between $1 and $10 a month. Obviously, you have to think about taxes. You have to think about the, the fee for Patreon. And you have to think about attrition. Um, people unsubscribing and then resubscribing. But if let's say you had an offer and enough people are signing up, that could that could pay your bills. You know, if you have enough traction, that could pay your bills and and then some. You know, why not? There are in cryptocurrency, non fungible tokens, NFTs. There is one that sold for over sixty million dollars just a few years ago. So this is a piece of art. This is this is technically considered a piece of art and it's digital. Mm-hmm. It's creative expression in the digital realm. Creative expression in the digital realm. And I think we're only at the beginning stages of this. You know, if we're if we're really gearing up to 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 have a have a reality where there is a such thing as a metaverse, that's another opportunity where you can house your creativity in. And with that comes new, completely a new field and new opportunities, new channels, new new everything. So you will know what your purpose is if you don't take that first step, if you don't work on looking back at the past, look at, looking at your childhood, like Emma had mentioned, you had mentioned at the beginning, and ask, and like really taking a sincere analysis, doing a really sincere overview of your childhood and what were you gravitating towards? What was the good? Maybe also the not so good. And how did you express yourself creatively? And how can you express yourself creatively right now at this current time of your life? Yeah. And I strongly believe that where we are going collectively on the planet, it's all about the creative expression. Like that's going to be a huge field and people will be able to express themselves creatively in in so many new ways that are going to be of great service to humanity and to the earth. And I believe that's what's needed, that we tap back into our creative genius, that we heal our creative energies, and um, we allow our inner children to create. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the LifePurpose.com podcast. If you found this episode valuable, share it with someone that you know needs to hear this. And until next time on the LifePurpose.com podcast.